All right. It probably says Divi Chat is live. So I'm going with Divi Chat's live, even though my page is still loading. So welcome everybody to Divi Chat. I'm your surprise guest host. <laughs> <laughs> I figured you know still loading. So all right. Uh, and I've muted my YouTube, so all is good in the neighborhood. Today we've got a great topic, how to focus on high value work. And I'm relaxing in the RV. And uh, before we dive off in this topic, let's say hi to the other awesome hosts over here. Hi, Stephanie. Hey, David. It's so nice to have you here. Uh, I am excited to talk about this topic today because my word for 2020 is focus. And I want to focus on high value work and stop wasting time on piddly stuff. And also, the company that I represent here today also happens to be called Focus WP. Coincidence? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, we do white label WordPress maintenance for busy agencies just like you. So uh, give us a call. Hit us up over at focuswp.co. Hit us up in the chat. We don't, I said give us a call, but we don't even really have a phone number. <laughs> don't call. Don't call. Don't call. Hit us up in the chat or in our Facebook group, Focus on Your Biz. Boom. Stephanie, did anybody t ever tell you you have a great radio voice? Never. <laughs> I've been told I have a face for radio. Is that the same thing? No, no you've got a really that. good voice. <laughs> velvety, smooth. I just, just, just thought I'd throw it wow. out there. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. Hey, everybody. Tim Streifler here. And uh, you can find me online at divilife.com is where my Divi plugins, child themes, tutorials are. Uh, WPGears.com, where I have a course with this guy. This guy, I can't tell. It's hard <laughs> to see. Um, yeah, I think it's this way. <laughs> um, and then TimStreifler.com, uh, my client services agency. And uh, yeah, I'm broadcasting from California, uh, San Clemente, California, uh, where David just said that there's a whole lot of coronavirus in California. Um, hopefully I'm not. Staying away from there. California. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if there's a lot, but I want to say they had, I read it was like 8,000 cases or something, which considering California has mega millions of people, that's not a whole lot. So um all right. Hey, everybody. My name is David Blackman. I am the co-founder of Aspen Grove Studios, and my Divi company is Divi.Space, which you may be familiar with. And Tim's already told you about our awesome website, WPGears.com. We have a podcast over there also that's coming back. We keep telling you it's coming back soon. I promise it's coming back. WP the podcast where Tim I miss it daily podcast a good one. for a couple of years so yeah we, we've been on break and it's it's long overdue we're, we're coming back and it's going to be coming back with a better bend. than ever absolutely all right well today we're going to talk about how to focus on high value work it's easy to get i don't know about you two but it, i have shiny object syndrome so it's Big really time. easy for me to dive off into something else, you know, especially when you're in technology and there's always really, really awesome, cool new gadgets and toys and software and tools to kind of play around with and stuff. It can take your, your mind and your focus, Stephanie, off mm -hmm. of 
what's really important, which is revenue generating tasks, you know, sometimes those can get really boring and they're not fun. Um, so I think that's probably one of the reasons why I do it. I, I, I dive off into other things, but, you know, we'll, we'll dive more into it today. So what do y'all want to talk about, guys? Where do we want to start? Where should we start? Yeah, no, this is this is a, a, a tricky concept because as small business owners, which is probably the majority of our viewers out, out there that are building websites for clients and, and so forth. Uh, not everyone. We, we know we have viewers that that just like to watch us because they have their company website on Divi. Um, but regardless, they just tune in for our radio voices. Yeah, there you go. Um, when you're a business owner, you're wearing a lot of hats like high value work. It's we, when we think of that, we typically think of work that's going to yield uh, revenue, you know, more to make you money so that you can pay the bills and, and, and so forth. Um, but there's a lot of work you have to do that, like, doesn't really fall into that category, like bookkeeping and, uh, you know, all the boring stuff that kind of comes with being a business owner, taxes and stuff, all the stuff you've probably been procrastinating on if you're like me. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I feel like there's, there's that, that, that balance of, keeping up with the stuff that you don't like doing, but you have to do, and it's not necessarily high value work, but, but being able to really focus on the high value work and weed out the stuff that maybe isn't as necessary. David talked about shiny object syndrome. Like I know something that's common a lot with web designers because David and I talk about it in our course a lot is getting distracted by new tools, new project management tools and new this and new that. And so, you know, being able to just shut that out and be like, yeah, I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it has a lot of cool new features, but I don't need it. Like, I'm just going to focus on the things that, that matter right now. Or how do you know when it's time to switch over to one of those things? How do you know when it's time to make a switch because a tool would save you in the long run? You know, that's, that's the other side of that coin that's true. as well. So I think, yeah. Oh, what, David? Did you just raise your hand? I was going to comment on your thing, but you didn't sound like you were done talking. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Um, I think for me, you know, instantly what comes to my mind is minimum one time a year, you need to evaluate your business and what it is that you're doing and allocate that time for, you know, checking out the tools and stuff that you use. Are they still sufficient? Are you losing money anywhere? Are you wasting money? I think a business, a good business owner sh should do that at least minimum once a year. Uh, I wouldn't think any more than a couple of times a year. Otherwise, you're not focusing on the on the money generating stuff. That's at least my Yeah, I, I feel like that can be dangerous, though. Because if I, I feel like it, it comes to how you approach it, if you approach it, like you said, and like focus on ways that you can improve your business. And if there's problems, then you look for ways to plug those holes. Um, opposed to like, what else is out there? Like, what, yeah. what else can I do? Yeah, that's not what I'm saying at all. Yeah, I, I want to make that distinction because th that's definitely, uh, there's a big difference there. But yeah, no, that's a good point. And you Tim can join Tim and I's 12-step program, uh, AppSumo Anonymous, <laughs> AA. It's AA, it's AppSumo Anonymous. And, um, oh. We, I need to join too. It's such yeah. an addiction. Get off of the app sumo since we're on this. Yeah. Topic. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, addictions that cost you money and are shiny object syndrome related, I don't necessarily have an app sumo addiction. I do have an addiction to buying new domain names that I don't need. Oh, I don't like have that one. I'm so domains. glad. <laughs> That's expensive. It is. Yeah. 
It's... Even if you get good deals on them, like that really adds up. Oh yeah. It adds uh, up quite a bit. Tim, tell them, tell them what the uh, 80-20 rule is in case they don't know. Yeah. So, well, there's technically you know? a lot of 80 Oh, you like frowned. Like, I know. <laughs> no, no, no. In there's... context of this topic. Yeah. So basically, uh, 20% of your shoot revenue effort. generating stuff yeah there's a couple 20 percent of, of your to effort it. generates 80 percent of your income yeah but you could also say 20 percent of your customers uh give you 80 percent of your revenue so it depends on how you want to frame it but yeah sorry go ahead we're you, talking you go- about i'm just talking about the the like your time your energy what you're focused on you know when we're doing all of these things um i listened to a podcast recently and it was talking about um an, an attorney because when we talk when it comes to like billable hours that's always the genre that comes up right the niche is attorneys so there was this attorney and he was working nonstop because he was um he was billing six hundred dollars an hour which was on the high end for his area and someone came to him and counseled him on that and said he should do he should he's working too much he needs to farm that stuff off but his junior staff was 50 bucks an hour or something like that. And so they said, well, yeah, that's on the lower end. So basically he raised the rates for his junior staff, started working less himself, farming stuff off to them. Now his customers are thrilled because instead of paying $600 an hour, they're paying 200 or 250 or whatever it is. He made like a quarter of a million dollars more because he was farming stuff out and he worked less. So that was a little bit, that was a lot of math, I guess. Sorry. But basically, you know, this is like a work smarter, not harder thing. And if we are billing our hours, we're always going to hit a wall where we run out of hours. David, what in the world is happening? I'm going full on recline, Stephanie, full on recline. <laughs> I'm in the so I'm over here at my standing desk and you two are just sitting on your butts. Come on. <laughs> Let's do He's it. He's laying on his butt. Yeah. yeah. For those of you who are watching this, I hope you brought your Dramamine today. Because David's rocking and rolling. I think that you brought up some very good and valuable points when focusing on, um, you know, high value things and maybe having a hard time seeing the forest for the trees. When you're so focused in and you're, you're seeing that high dollar amount that you're doing, but when you outsource it and, you know, you know, put that work elsewhere when you've got, man, anytime you can scale your team and multiply yourself, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. You know, I mean, even though you're charging $600 an hour, there's only so many hours in a day. If you get 10 people at $200 an hour, what are you making now? You know, $2,000 an hour. So I'm, I love that, you know, the story and stuff. I think it's, uh, it changed, our, it changed my business, you know, when I did that. Yeah. For the- so and when you start thinking about not just the billable hours like not just the dollar per hour but when you start talking about the overall value like lifetime value of your actions it's super easy to get caught up in doing the day-to-day tasks for our clients you know like jumping into this wordpress admin and fixing this thing or jumping over here or answering these little emails and things like that but if you had staff that you could set up a VA to handle your email, if you had developers that could go, you, it's, you, know, you, you could say like, I could delegate this to somebody and then I have to pay them for it. I can just do it real quick. 
But if you start forcing yourself to do that, then that frees you up to guess what? Go out and get new clients that you can then delegate even more work to. So it depends on your goals for your business in general too. You know, there's this big thing now with the company of one and all this stuff that scaling might not be for you. And if not, that's okay. But if you really do want to grow your company or if you want to work less and not starve, you know, I mean, Tim Ferriss did the four hour work week. How many years ago was that? 15 years ago, something like that. He started that. And that's basically the concept, right? Like focus on the high value stuff. Yeah. I remember when our, um, when our lead back end developer, Jonathan came to work with us full time and we were discussing, you know, um, what that looked like and stuff, prioritization and task and stuff. You just reminded me of something and, and he was very aware of this topic for him. So he's a programmer, he's a developer, he's a coder. He spends his day in ones and zeros building things. And when you focus on, you know, I want to touch on a couple of different topics here and I'll I'll start at the top. When you focus on highly mental tasks that demand your attention and focus, there's only so many hours in a day that you're going to be able to really get the maximum value and effort out of yourself and learning how to understand, you know, what you do and how much time you really can put in good quality time. I remember when when he came on board with us full time, he worked for us for two years part time, and I always wanted him to come full time. And when he finally came full time and we looked at what that looked like, you know, in the States, you know, full time is 40 hours a week or whatever. That's our standard de facto full time work week. Well, Jonathan, you know, he knew exactly how many hours a day he could be productive. And then when it got beyond a certain hour, he knew that the value of the work that he was doing, the quality would go down because his mind was tired. He was tired. And for him, it, it ended up only being like 22 hours a week. But when you're focused and he was so dialed in to where he knew exactly to the minute where his break point was, because he had he had learned this with himself. Now, he's focused. Could you dock his pay? Oh, hell no. No, he, 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 yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just, I was glad. I was happy. Yeah. Yeah. No, because I knew, I knew, we knew exactly, you know, um, it, it was a benefit, not a, not a down. No, I know. Yeah. So 22 hours a week of high focus is so much more valuable than 40 hours of distracted on Facebook, Mm -hmm. you know, messing around, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I think you need to know what your, what type of mental for that high value stuff, when you're focused on it, how much time can you actually allocate to that, you know, to that task and really be, you know, before it starts degrading and it's costing you money as opposed to making right. money and stuff. So. Yeah. And when you, when you're a business owner, if you're a solopreneur, especially things like that, we have, we do have different roles we have to do, right? So if you do have to do, um, some development work and you do have to do some accounting work and some sales and whatever else block out times so that you can do a chunk of each because to change your brain from doing coding to doing bookkeeping is (laughs) it will take you so much longer to adjust back and forth 
and it yes. just won't be as productive. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that. Cause, um, what's the term for that? Uh, mind switch or, uh, there's a more that's, I don't know if that's it, but yeah. I wasn't paying attention, but what were you? Um, I'll think about <laughs> it. I'm typing to our audience. <laughs> I'm paying attention with this here, but I'm, my mind yeah, is yeah. talk about focus, right? I know. See? Yeah. yeah no, it, I, I think that's, that was one of the strategies I was going to recommend. I mean, it's kind of a given, um, it's no secret, but, uh, planning and scheduling. So knowing here's the tasks I need to complete this week, you know, it could be, uh, designing a website. It could be, you know, outbound sales, you know, networking or, or whatever accounting and then planning out your week and then scheduling it in blocks of time and then eliminating all distractions. Like I have to constantly remind myself and I'm terrible at it, but it's like, I have like my email open and then I have Slack open and I'm trying to do this. And I get pinged on Slack over here. And then I get uh, a new email over here. And then I start answering a, uh, a question from a, a pre-sales question from a potential customer. And then I was like, wow, I just blew through two hours and I didn't actually get anything done get that anything I was done. set out to get done. And so I think, yeah, like so frustrating. Sch planning, scheduling, and then eliminating dis distractions that I feel like is if you can do those three things, like there's so many other productivity hacks you can add in, but in my mind, like start with that. That's like the most important thing. Totally. I think there's another sort of, this might be a good time to switch gears a tiny bit. Another type of um, high value work to focus on are high value clients versus low value clients. Um, and there's lots of ways to define high and low value, um, you know, by the dollar amount, by the stress level that they bring, by the amount of work that you have to do for those dollars. You know, there's all of these kind of different elements. And, um, for me, one of the more difficult ways to handle this is when it's legacy clients, clients that you've had for a long time, and maybe you didn't used to charge a lot, or maybe they're a friend or family member or something. And so they have never, this came up in a, in a group I was um, following on Facebook this week, where this woman has gone through a coaching program and changed her business model and all this stuff. And she's got this client that she used to have for, you know, she's had for years. And all of a sudden the woman is asking her to do these, you know, to continue to do these unlimited requests that she's given her. And everyone in this thread is like flaming her like, no, tell her that she doesn't deserve that. And that's not how you work. And I dropped that client so fast and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, the lady doesn't know anything has changed just because you went through a coaching program. She doesn't know that, you know, she doesn't know, like, as far as your client is concerned, like that's not very customer service. I agree that maybe you need to change your policies, but like to just drop a loyal longtime client because they're not paying you enough when you're the one who set that up, <laughs> you know? So it's like, those are, those are tough ones for me because they, they tend to require more time in order to transition to either being a high value client or to offloading them in one way or another. So that can be kind of tough, but um, do you guys have something that you use to screen and vet clients before you decide to work with them? Yes, my brain, Stephanie, my brain. <laughs> no. What? You have a brain? <laughs> it's in there somewhere, I promise, I promise. <laughs> do you, um, no, do you have like a form or something on your website that you send people to, or do you just, yeah. I mean, I mean, not prior to working with them. Um, I mean, I'm a, you know, we do. 
I guess it doesn't make as much sense for the product sales. Well, we do, do. we do still do client work and we have several right. clients that we still work with and Same. we, but we're very selective. We don't do as much client work as we used to. Um, but even when we were completely, you know, client services business and we were building websites, um, I mean, to me, it, it went on your, you know, communication with them when you when you're when the interview process for me was when you were talking about what their needs were and it, it mm -hmm. was a culmination of things it wasn't like forms and questions it was it was questions that you're asking for their business but it was also a combination of that and intuition and just seeing kind of how their answers were answered and stuff and if if they seem like a pain in the ass client or i'll tell you this is red flag right off the bat if they're worried about price and that's their number one thing, mm -hmm. I don't even want to work with them. I don't care if they say yes, because they're going to be right. a pain in the butt the whole time. So, but my thing is you could almost find that out with an automated form before you waste 45 minutes of your time on the phone with somebody, Yeah, you know, like well, that's what, that's what I'm well, wanting to set up is at least yeah, just the problem a with automation form. forms in that way is um, you're going to lose a lot more business than you gain. Um, I think, you know, people are, they under even with all of technology and all of the processes that we have and stuff, they still undervalue human interaction, engagement and communication. Um, that's going to probably be always be the best. Now, if you become Nike or some kind of brand <laughs> that everybody and their grandma wants to work with, go ahead and form your build the forms. Yeah. But if you're a local company that's you know you're not like super you know i mean you're well known but even if you're well known web designer it's gonna i feel like it's probably gonna hurt you more than it's gonna help you in the long run you know yeah yeah i agree with that because I've, I've been on the other end of that form like reaching out to you know different marketing agencies and stuff and like when there's questions like you know how much are you spending per month on marketing or what is your budget and stuff like that you tend to kind of overthink and you're like well like they're trying to get a feel for like how much, like what size revenue I'm going to bring them rather than them like getting to know me. And so I, I tend to kind of get turned off by that when I'm on the client side of things. And so because of that, I, I, I agree with David, just kind of having that personal interaction. Um, and I have a form on my website for them to reach out, but it's just a simple like contact form. And the, um, you can tell a lot by like their comments and like when they're giving details about the project and stuff, like right away, you can get a feel. And like David said, intuition, the longer you've been doing it, the more you can kind of pick up on those different signals or those different red flags, you know, if they're going to be a, uh, a troublesome client or, or, or whatnot. Um, like I get a lot of junk leads where someone reaches out saying like, Hey, like they want to pay me to do like this one little thing on their Divi website. I'm like, it's like, I don't even have time to answer that. Like, like, I'm sorry. Like I, but, um, so yeah, you can kind of just get a feel for, for, uh, yeah. Unless you're one human being on the planet and that's Miss Leslie Bernal, who's a Divi chat host. who'll just flat put out forms on her website and say, don't contact me. I don't want to work with you. And <laughs> you know, <laughs> it yeah. seems to work, you know, that does kind of, cause work. then they all want to work with her. I want to work with her. It's the craziest <laughs> thing, you know? 
Yeah, uh, she's like, I'm book solid. Don't call me. Books, don't even email me. What the heck are you doing talking to me? And boom. You know. I know. I I literally I only get spam for my contact form. Nobody contacts me through there. I never fill out a contact form. Like, but I leave m- multiple other ways for people to contact me. I have a chat on my site. I have um, a phone number. I have the form, and I also have links multiple places for them to schedule a call with me. Oh wow! Which, you, which I like. You have your phone number on there. Uh huh. My Google Voice number. Yeah. You get a lot of spam. Mm-mm. No, not on my phone number. It's good. Just in the email form. But I think everybody's spam got like a lot worse over the past few months. Have you been hearing that? I don't know. I I, I mean that. I use. It depends on what you use. I use Gravity Forms, and I have. I use a couple different CAPTCHAs and stuff, and I've never had a problem. Um, I did, Gravity, and a couple clients did too, but I think I just need to. I've actually seen, with Gravity Forms, they kind of have a, a <clears throat> spam filter built in, and it's mm-hmm. actually, if anything, it's oversensitive, and it ends up blocking stuff that Ooh, that's bad. Spam. Yeah, that is bad, exactly. <laughs> that might be worse. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's this isn't a, we'll talk about spam some other week, but uh yeah, so that's a tough one. I don't know. I I think having a qualification form, I like the idea in some ways. And maybe it starts off with a small personal call. And then I I do have, um, I've had it off and on at different times. And I've been wanting to bring it back. Like um, a questionnaire kind of that gives them some questions that they might need to think about a little bit before they answer. Like, what kind, what websites do you like? Or what styles do you like? Or what who are your competitors? Or things like that, that they might need to put a little thought into where they could I, I like that on a form but I like it like later after in the a, cycle after a, yeah after not, a meeting not for initial yeah. contact because yeah. yeah I I I personally would get turned off by that it just kind of rubs me the wrong way um, it's like I just want to talk to someone and kind of get a feel for if they're going to be a right fit for me to hire um, and it's like before have, I give them a bunch of personal information. Yeah. And, yeah. and to like make me step through all these hoops and everything. Yeah. It makes me feel like they're trying to like put up their guard, which in a sense you are to, to, to like weed people out. And it's, just, I don't know, I, it's probably a preference thing, but I feel like if, if I feel that way, then there's probably a lot of potential clients that feel that way as well. Yeah, no, I, I feel like I kind of do too on that side of it. So I haven't implemented it yet, but, um, I am. I don't know. What about in the chat? Any of you guys? Do you have a form to screen people on your site? Let us know. Let us know in a comment. Uh, David, what are you reading right now? You just got like, I can no, see your eyeballs I'm moving the back. Chat. I'm trying. Oh, to, okay. I'm just following. You know, someone. Somebody's got to stay up with the chat, there, Stephanie. I know. I'm watching oh. them. I'm watching them. So, okay, where were we? I have no idea. Are we done? High value client. Yeah, we might be. I don't Are know. We done? <laughs> Are we boring David? you, David? I know. Are we boring you? <laughs> All right. So how do we do this, guys? How do we um how do we make sure like okay, so Tim, you said schedule, block out time, all that stuff. Pl- yeah, plan and schedule. And yeah, I think the I know em- emphasis uh, on the plan. Okay. I know, but I suck at that. Like I understand that concept and I think it's great. And it doesn't work. Like I can block out anything I want out my calendar. And well, here, here's why. It probably it may not, may or may not be, it may not, may or may not work for you. I think step one, first and foremost, is you have to know what your 
high value tasks are. You have to prioritize them. So step one is, is, is knowing everything that's got to be done. And then, you know, figuring out what's the high valued stuff to focus on because as business owners, like we've kind of talked about already, we wear a lot of hats, you know, a lot of solopreneurs may be, um, you know, they may be building the websites themselves. They may be doing all of the sales, all of the closing, the bookkeeping, and they may not have a team at all. So they're wearing like many, many hats. So understanding what your high valued target things are, the things that bring you the most revenue, uh, you need to know what that is. So the first step is figuring out what that is. Um, and then, you know, once you figure out that it, what that is, it's going to be a whole lot easier to focus on those things when you know it. So when you don't have a good understanding of what brings in the revenue to your company and where you should be spending your time, it's going to be really easy to waste time on meaningless tasks and stuff. So when you, when you do have that prioritization and you know, it's going to be a whole lot easier. You're going to, you're going to find that those tools that you just said don't work for you that, that Tim was talking about, they will start working for you because intellectually you're going to all of a sudden understand that, man, I'm wasting my time over here. My time's valuable and I, I don't want to waste it anymore. Um, this is going to bring me the most money. I want to focus on this over here and stuff. So if you don't know what your, you know, revenue generating high focus things are, you need to find that out first. So that's, that's just right. But sometimes it's a matter of having the strength to push that airplane mode button <laughs> yeah. in order to stop the distractions from happening, you know? Yeah. Uh, David and I had a, a student of our Divi business expert course that was asking for advice on that very thing. And he, and he, he joked about how he sets, he sits down to work. And then the next thing you know, it he's deep into YouTube in an area of YouTube, he didn't realize he would ever get to. <laughs> and so, yeah, it, it was actually really funny because then he made the joke and said, I've watched all of YouTube. I'm waiting for YouTube too. <laughs> um, but that's so true. And, and like YouTube, like very smart people and algorithms and all their tracking and everything, th they design everything to keep you on the site as much as possible. Uh -huh. And so like watching one video is rarely just one video. Right. And so yeah, even if it's for like a business purpose, you know, to teach you something or, or whatever. So, right. um, but yeah, so I mean, like focus and eliminating distractions, like that's way easier said than done. Now, one thing I have done that has helped is I have adjusted my notifications on my phone for a lot of things. And um, I've put time limits on some of my apps, like Instagram, I've put a 15 minute time limit on and I've turned off all notifications for it. So I do use it a little bit for work, not as much as I should. So when I get in there, I, if I get sucked in, it's not because of work. Uh, Facebook, I do a lot of work with, but I, I don't have notifications pop up for Facebook. I, they're, you know, like I have it all controlled so that I can see them, but they don't come in like bing, 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 you know, so, and same with emails. So when it comes to my phone, I've turned a lot of that off and I've noticed a huge difference. Um, and I, I have on a few occasions just closed email, put my turn notifications off on my laptop as well. And boy, can you get a lot done like that? So it's just a matter of actually like 
taking a breath and saying like, nothing of this is critical. I have to accomplish this task and actually yeah. doing it. Yeah. And that comes down to the whole concept of like reactive work. So reactive work is anything that you react to. So an email, someone sends you an email, you go and you react to it. Someone uh, sends you a text message or a notification or, or whatnot. It's all reactive work, if you can call it work. And so basically eliminating all that reactive work and then being more proactive about it. So rather than reacting to emails as they come in, you log out of your email or you close or whatever, and you don't get notifications except for during certain times, like three times a day in the morning, in the middle of the day, when you, you like break for lunch and then at the end of the day, and like, you'll be so much more productive if you get rid of all that reactive work. And again, it's easier said than done. Like I can preach it, but I'm not fully applied that in my own routine. Um, Let me ask you guys this. Do you find that the less time you have before a deadline, the more productive you are not just on one thing but like if I have a meeting and I have to leave the house by a certain time and I know I have to get x y and z done I I am so much better at prioritizing because <laughs> I know that there are certain critical things that have to happen before that meeting and boy can I turn on the focus and get them done and I that's where I go back to things like that four-hour work week or scheduling things I mean it, if I don't have an end date I I could work from the time I get up all the way till, you know, go eat dinner and then be like, oh, I still have more stuff to do. Come back and do it, you know, or have a day where someone says like, how was your day? It was great. Oh, what'd you get done? I don't know, but I was real busy. You know, like that's a terrible feeling. I hate that feeling when you're like, I was busy all day and I have no idea what I did. Yeah, Isn't right. that the worst? That reminds oh, yeah. me, not really related, but so funny. The Seinfeld episode <laughs> where George Costanza was working for the New York Yankees. Sharpening pencil. Oh. <laughs> And uh, he just, in order to appear busy, he just pretended that he was stressed all the time because people that are stressed <laughs> and annoyed are always busy. So he must be really productive and getting a lot done. And so whenever they'd come into his office, be like, oh, yeah, like sighing and just being frustrated. <laughs> people leave you alone that way. <laughs> but yeah, I do think, uh, I think all this like time management and self-control, oh, I need to have better self-control. It's so difficult. Yeah. No, it's true for sure. And, and I think that's something that, um, you know, they say writing's a muscle and, uh, you know, we talked about public speaking and I brought up how that's kind of like a muscle too. The more you do it, the better you get at it. And I think like productivity is a muscle. So like, no one's going to be like the most productive person and efficient with their time ever. But if you are intentional and you practice you're going to work that muscle and become better. And, um, and I feel like the longer you're a business owner, you're kind of forced to get good at that. Um, and so, you know, it, it happens over time. And so, yeah, don't Joan, be discouraged. Joan Margal, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Sorry. In the chat, just recommended the book Deep Work by Cal Newport addresses how to work without distraction. Interesting. I'll have to check that out. Thanks, Joan. Um, yeah. What was the other thing? Oh, I was just going to say something else. I got distracted. <laughs> I like that, Nancy. Nancy said, I've heard the saying, earn your sleep. That's good. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that is a good one. So what is what are the roles when it comes to, um, you know, David Blackman and Tim Streifler? What are you guys, what do you, what do you find are your most productive hats to wear? What And it's not, it's most productive and it's also what you want, right? What do you want to do in your company? Isn't that part of it as well? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, is the, the hat I wear the most is more of managing my team and delegating and stuff. And, 
you know, evaluating, you know, a new design and then, you know, stuff like that. And so mm-hmm. that's like a whole different hat. Cause it's not like, Oh, I'm just doing the design and wearing my design hat and then I'm outsourcing development or vice versa or whatever. It's like, it's like, I'm constantly kind of doing that. And, and, um, so it's like a, a manager hat as cheesy as that sounds. Um, no, it doesn't sound cheesy at all. It sounds important. In fact, I think that's a big problem. I mean, a big issue with most of the people in this industry. I think, you know, you've got a lot of people who are, um, you know, good at graphic design. So, okay, well, I'll start a graphic design studio. We're good at web development. Okay, well, I'll start a web agency or whatever it is. There's not a lot of people that are like, I'm good at football. I'm going to start my own football club. You know, it's like there, there aren't, it hasn't, that isn't every industry or uh, I'm good at sales. So I'm going to start my own sales company. You know, like you, there's certain things that lend themselves to this. So I, if I'm good at building websites and I start a website company, well, all of a sudden, if I want that company to be successful, I can't really do the thing that I'm good at in the first place, you know, that I was good at in the first place. You have to completely switch gears in order to turn that into something that is going to fulfill what your initial plan was for it. Yeah. And and I think that, which that's difficult. We uh, lost David there. (laughs) Tim Um, is now the host. (laughs) So, what was I going to say? I think uh, here he is. There we Sorry go. about that. Internet Welcome back. <laughs> I, I think uh, that kind of defines like the entrepreneur versus a small business operator. And so uh, yeah. like people think that just because they own a business, they're like an entrepreneur, which is like this self-proclaimed title that it, at least with millennials, which is my generation, everyone wants oh, to call God. themselves an entrepreneur. You're one of those. No, I'm not. I'm saying I'm, I know. I'm I am a millennial. Yes, I'm, <laughs> a, I'm an anti-millennial though. Um, oh. Anyways, uh, and so yeah, so people we're, think we're that- all so distracted today <laughs> on our show about focus. <laughs> no, I don't have anything else open. I'm just like losing my thoughts. I know. Um, I'm in the same think- way. I'm like I keep thinking of something and then it leaves my head. <laughs> You, you uh, need to ask your question again. I know you asked this right before my internet died. Oh, like what? I said, what's your, what are your guys? What, what's your hat? What's your, and there's not just one, but how, how do you define, like you had said, you have to analyze your business and yourself and define what is that role for you? Like what's the most productive thing? Yeah. And so what I was saying though, is, is I think, um, because a lot of times people will start a business because like you said, uh, Stephanie, that they're a good designer. So they want to do design and stuff. And then you grow and you start outsourcing other things and stuff. And, and that's great. Sometimes though, you started like, for example, I don't consider myself a designer. I also don't consider myself a developer. And so, but it's like, I'm able to, I know I'm an okay designer, I'm an okay developer. And so I can bring people in that are really good at those things and I can manage Same. them and, and, and delegate and, and that sort of thing. And so, um, so then it's like, okay, well, then I'm wearing a, it's not that I'm wearing a bunch of different hats. I'm wearing one hat and I have a team that helps, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, execute those other, other things. And so I feel like that's what kind of distinguishes someone that's just in business just to do one thing opposed to someone that's there to kind of grow and build a team. And, and, and so, forth. right. Yeah. But that's still a role. Like that's just management. No, like you said right. that, and exactly. that's super important. And that, like I would say, that was when I went off on that other tangent, like that's a difficult shift for a lot of people to yep. make. Because management is in and of itself its own 
beast. It, I mean, and not everyone is good at. And so that's, you know, that's good. And I, I've often wondered if that's what takes, you know, so many small businesses fail. And I, I think sometimes that like the being able to scale from it being you to being able to handle a team doing that what you did is like the most difficult transition of all of them. Yeah, I think um, for us, it's it's very, very similar. It's very much the same thing. Um, I know for me personally, and I'll just speak from my personal experience of what's my most productive time, my most high valued time targets that I need to do. And it is keeping people on tasks. When you're a business owner, you nobody knows your business as well as you do. And you have information that maybe not everybody that works with you has. So you know what is your most valuable thing to get done. Um, so it is very much management. You know, today it's 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 all about managing people and stuff and keeping them on task and prioritizing and sometimes reprioritizing and pivoting when you need to pivot and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. That's huge. You know, I know it happens quite a bit. I mean. Elegant Themes, you know, is um, launching their, you know, marketplace and doing all that stuff. Well, you know, when that comes out of the blue and you've got your quarterly and annually things already lined up and stuff, you've got to all of a sudden shift and stuff and pivot. So management is huge when you have a team and stuff. Now, if you're a solopreneur, you're just going to have to figure out what's your most valuable and go with it, you know, and um it's it can be kind of a lot easier but i guess as a solopreneur like i said earlier it can get boring you know when you're monotonous doing the same thing over and over all the time you know um for you it can't some people i think thrive on that yeah, like the consistency of it yeah yeah um but you know and then so outsourcing by nature of this discussion becomes part of this process too right of deciding you know if if you've got a series of critical duties and you're going to only do the ones that are the most profitable, well, what happens to the rest, <laughs> right? So, you know, so can some of it be eliminated? Do you have clients that are too needy and are taking up more than their fair share of your energy and time or your staff's energy and time? They might need to be offloaded to somebody else or just sent on their way. You know, if you've got, uh, you know, other things that are, are, are you getting involved in, you know, are you on TikTok right now? Because if you're on TikTok, just don't, like, really, you probably don't need to be on there. <laughs> like, that's probably not going to be, you know, that's one of those things you can just cut, God. you know, some of it you can cut. But, but other things, like, for me, bookkeeping is like a nightmare. I hate it. And I'm like, working toward the day when I can offload that on for somebody else, right? So I've, I've done yeah. that with development stuff. And <laughs> I've, I've come to be so happy about that. And like we were saying earlier, it's hard sometimes to not just jump in and do it. And like today and yesterday, there've been a couple crises and my dev was busy and I just was working on some stuff. And I was saying to my partner, Tom, I'm like, this is so annoying. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like I, I knew that this was like the not, like not the good use of my time. And sometimes it happens, but, and then like when I had an opportunity to jump in and do a little dev work on sort of a personal site, I actually enjoyed it. It was kind of fun. Cause it's not like, something I'm doing for product for like revenue generation every single day. So it could be more of a side project, you know? So I don't know. Did yeah. that mean anything? All that I just rambled. No, yeah. Sure. 
No, that made sense. Um, yeah, I, I often find that that I'm with my team. I'm the bottleneck. It's like they're waiting for me on 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 different things, and then when I offload that and remove myself, then everything runs more smoothly. Because yeah. as a business owner, I'm so busy, and so it's like there's certain things that like I've just kind of handled always, and then it's like wait, wait, wait. Like if you can take a step back and analyze, you see like, oh snap, like why isn't this being more efficient. Oh, well, yeah, my yeah I, here's, I'm going to say, I'm going to put this out there. I'm going to say this, even if you're a, a solopreneur in this day and age, if you're building websites for clients, you need to have a team, you know, it's global. Now you don't have to find somebody local in your town. You don't have to, you know, even if you're, you're scared about, you know, um, scaling your business and can you afford it? You don't have enough clients and stuff. Global, you know, the, the, the currency exchange is very different in a lot of countries and stuff. And it allows you to do that, gives you that freedom and that flexibility to do it. If you're building websites for clients, I highly encourage you to hire a team, outsource half 50%, if not more of what you're doing right now. And I promise you that first person that you bring in to help is going to pay for themselves tenfold and you're going to be able to scale your business like never before. The problem that I see, which was the problem that I had when I was in the beginning, I was a control freak. I thought nobody could do it as good as I could and, and nobody, you know, so when you're looking at high focus time, I'm really going to encourage web developers and designers to really put that in their, their, their thinking, you know, to scale. If you don't know how to do it, figure it out, find somebody, who does know how to do it? Talk call to David. Him. He'll tell you. you know, yeah. Call David. David will, David will talk to you. I will. Here's another scenario that I found with myself that I thought was kind of interesting. So with Focus, with Focus WP, we have, uh, we do maintenance for agencies, right? So we have all these sites in there and we have trained staff that, that run the updates. I don't do the weekly <clears throat> updates. I, I learned all the stuff and I trained them how to do it. And now they do it. <clears throat> and Every time they do it, it takes them like, I don't know. What, what are you guys laughing at? Nothing. <laughs> what are you guys laughing at? Why are you laughing at me right now? <laughs> oh, you can't say it on camera, can you? No, I can say it on camera. So, well, I'll just throw it out here. So David and I have been working on an outsourcing course. And so we were talking back and forth, like, should we mention it? But we didn't want it to seem come yeah. off. I didn't say all those things so we could mention this. I, I truly believe that you... That you do need to go do for that it guys businesses. maybe i'll yeah maybe yeah. i'll take their course <laughs> yeah i mean that that was it we didn't want to like come off as like we're trying to sell it because this we, this wasn't even our topic stephanie came up with the topic but it just kind of like oh, this is so relevant to what we've been working on so oh perfect yeah. i love it when that happens yeah it's serendipitous that's not salesy uh anyway okay good i thought you were laughing i'm like what did i no, do no no <laughs> nothing to do with you don't worry <laughs> Because they both, if you're just listening, they both got like red faced and giggly, <laughs> like at the same time. I'm like, what? Anyway, so what was I even saying now? So you guys were shiny objects to me just then. Oh, I remember. So my staff does the updates and it'll take them maybe an hour, hour and a half, whatever it is, something like that. Anytime, like for whatever reason, if they can't do it or something, or if there's some reason I wanted to go in and do it, 
I'm not kidding you. It'll take me three and a half hours because I go in and I'm like, oh, this is another feature that's here. Or, oh, what about that? Or have we always said these kind of like, I just go in and mess with everything and I, it takes me forever yeah. to get to the end. And I think, I think it's valuable sometimes because it's good to like make sure things are still going the best way. But it's for the most part, like 90% of the time, like I love having somebody that can just follow directions that is also smart enough to tell me if something doesn't look right. <laughs> Cause you have to have that too. You can't just have somebody that just follows no matter what, like be smart enough to follow directions and tell me if something isn't working and we're a match made in heaven. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's a sign of a good team. And same thing with me, with, with my support team on the, on Divi life is they've gotten so like so good at answering support questions and troubleshooting websites and everything. And so when I go in and do it, it like, cause I, I'm out of practice. It takes me a long time. And it's like, oh, like I should let them do it because they're so much better at it than me. And so I'll have people that will like personal friends that will ping me and be like, hey, I have this question about your product. I'm like, honestly, I'm not the person to ask. Like, go ask my team. They're the rock stars. So Damn, shout if out you to think Carlos. It takes you a long chat. time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So don't send David product support questions. Oh, oh I'll, I'll get it handled for you really quick. It just won't be by me. Actually, you know what? I have a, a support email help scout. I look like a genius lately because my team has been answering <laughs> support underneath my name. So ain't even right. they're like getting like, they think like great support. They're making me look so awesome. It's, it's amazing, you know? So, <laughs> oh man. <clears throat> yeah. Isn't so sometimes it's tough. Like Dave is a control freak. Sometimes it's tough to let go, but then once you let go and watch your team thrive and your business grow, isn't that like the best feeling? Like, oh, yeah. doesn't that make you feel good? Absolutely. Yeah. I yeah, freaking I mean, love that to watch it. That. So watch like a team that you built and trained and grew like, well, and the crush there, it. I just think that's so fun. Tricks to it and stuff, because you know, you find the people who are, Find out what they're good at, you know, right. what they love doing, what they're passionate about, because they'll do it all day long. Like Tim mm -hmm. said, they will do it all day long. Well, for at least 22 hours a week. For at least 22 hours a week. It's different. <laughs> his his <laughs> work is different. We have other team members that I guarantee you, they blow past 40 hours a week yeah. and they're very productive. Um, it's just the the type of work that you're doing and stuff. I think that that's going to take the toll on you. Yeah. yeah. What Jonathan's doing, the high level development where he's thinking in code and like he's organizing database structures in his head. That's, that's a whole yeah, nother animal. <laughs> he's a full stack developer. So he's not, he's not searching the internet. He's not finding code, piecing it together. He's writing it from scratch. Right. So when you're sitting there, and just type in ones and zeros and you know and you're the one that's your brain i can imagine i would be like poof you know after an i'd get an hour a week and i'd be poofed so <laughs> you'd be poofed <laughs> i'd be poofed uh, i feel like pablo is not feeling enough love as a yeah, team pablo, member pablo's right pablo is amazing so pablo's our support he's, he's our divi chat support as well but he's also our you know, support lead over at Aspen Grove Studios and Divi Space. And he, they do an, an amazing job over there. So, yeah. I was thinking we should do an episode on support. 
Yeah, we probably should. We need to get Pablo on here. Get Pablo to come on. Heck Who votes yeah. for Pablo to come on? Come on, Pablo. <laughs> He's camera shy, but we'll we'll make him do it. Hey, if you're being Pablo, I'm bringing Carlos. Yeah, for sure. Do it. Oh, oh, oh. Do it. I don't know. <clears throat> we covered everything. We good? I think final so. Thoughts? Anybody have any questions? I think, oh yeah, final thoughts. I don't want to go first. I gotta gotta collect my final Tim thoughts. He's brought it up. I think Tim, Tim. You know, he's go for he's it, Tim. Here. Yeah. So, uh, high value work. I feel like it comes down to the, the three things that I think are most important, which is plan, schedule, and eliminate distractions. And so, like planning, like what we talked about, like David said, which is kind of taking that step back, which is figure out what those high value tasks are, and then plan them and, and plan out your, 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 your week. And so goal setting, uh, you know, what are your goals like for the year? What are your goals for the quarter? What are your goals for the month? What are the goals for the week? And something, uh, back when I was fresh out of college and, uh, working on a, a sales floor, uh, a sales manager told me you make your month, the first day of the month, and you make your day, the first hour of the day, meaning, like you got to get out there and like make the first hour and the first day, like the most productive ever. Cause that sets the tone for the rest of the day. And that sets the tone for the rest of the month. And so I feel like that can be applied to any work, uh, especially when we're talking about high value work and productivity and, and all of that. So, um, and then, yeah, figure out what you're good at and what you enjoy and, uh, outsource and remove yourself from, from those things. Um, and as we didn't plan on mentioning, we promise, but David, and I do have a, a full-blown outsourcing course that we've been I think that's planning awesome. for a long time now that we're super excited about. So stay tuned for that. Super cool. And that's that, my final thoughts. <clears throat> David, what's your final thoughts? Oh man, I knew you were going to make me go next. Um, <laughs> I don't think I have any anything super extraordinary. I think, um, you know, I just, you know, focusing on high value stuff. The it just depends on who you are and where you are in your business and stuff and what you want out of life. You know, your 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 focus may be, you know, you maybe way deep. Less, maybe to work less so you can have more fun and stuff. So whatever that is, just, you know, figure it out and, and, and go with it and stuff. So boom, there you go. Done. Boom. boom. Did you say I think, vegan? Uh, go vegan? No, I did not. Okay, good. <laughs> I don't know what I did say, but I didn't say that. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of this depends on your, your specific goals for yourself and for your company, like you just said, David. And so if, if you can identify what your goals are and then identify what is the most valuable thing for you to do in your business and what bits, not, not just what is the most valuable thing, but also what can you eliminate? So like in my case, I, I want to eliminate bookkeeping, but I can't just yet. So what can I eliminate and take off of my plate in order to free up time to do more of that productive work? And I think it's also important to identify what makes something high value work? It isn't necessarily because it's a billable hour. You might be better off outsourcing billable hours to bring in new customers that you can then have multiple layers of billable hours going on at once, things like that. So define your goals, define what makes something high value 
and then come up with a plan to implement that. So sorry if you just said this, but basically it's, yeah, it's not necessarily high value, which is billable hours, but it's high value is whatever gets you closest to those goals. Is that what you just said? Uh, more or words, less. Yes. Like what, yeah. What's your goal? Or do you want to, do you want to make more money? I mean, we all want to make more money in our businesses. We might, we might want to have more free time and stuff, but the value of what you're doing isn't just based on the dollar amount of that hour. It, it right. could be based on your particular, um, your value system, you know, like is your time more valuable spent with your family versus at work, you know, so there's that level of value. And then there's also the long-term value that you're bringing to your company. If you are say out prospecting to bring in multiple new clients, you know, if you go and spend a half a day doing something that brings in three or four new clients versus spending half a day doing billable work at $150 an hour, what's going to make your company more money, right? Yeah. Having four new clients. So it's not just a dollar, value for an hour. Obviously we all know we shouldn't, um, be basing everything on hourly billables and stuff like that, but sometimes it is hard to break free. Just like that example with the attorney that was $600 an hour. He thought he was making a killing and by working less, he made a quarter of a million dollars more. So there's mm. lots of different ways to address the value, but all right. final thoughts. <laughs> this has been an awesome Divi chat. I think it's, it's been, it has been. And the, the group chat, Pablo was wound up today. And let me just tell you, we have a 100% like ratio today. We got thumbs up from every single person. You guys are awesome. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So if you're All watching the replay, lives. keep the love, coming. keep it going. Keep yeah. it going. Comment on our video and share it. That'd be even more amazing. It would. And if you're listening on other places too. And guys, send, uh, oh man, Pablo's beating you to your line, Tim. <laughs> I told you he's wild up. So uh, yeah. And if you are following us on Facebook, leave us a comment over there and give us some suggestions for future episode topics. We'd be happy to chat about something you want to hear about. Awesome. All right. Well, we will see everybody next week. Yeah. Take care. Bye-bye.